This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, The Decisions of a Dysfunctional Family. We all have dysfunctions. There's no such thing as a perfect family. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I want to talk about the decisions of a dysfunctional family. The decisions of a dysfunctional family. And in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we hear the story of the first dysfunctional family, which happens to be the first family. Adam and Eve, this couple, have some dysfunctions. And if the first, if the first family is dysfunctional, and God created them, there ain't no hope for your family. We all got dysfunctions. It's, there's no perfect family. There is no perfect family. But what I do want to do is highlight for you very quickly uh, five decisions that they made that are problematic that I want to challenge you. And, 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 and in fact, uh, we seek in our church to help families not make these same choices and decisions. We spend a great deal of time and energy ministering to couples and children and singles and uh, uh, everybody. We, we try to help everybody function and not make the same choices. And I, I am hopeful and I believe that no matter how dysfunctional you might be or your family might be, God has the capacity and the ability to bring healing to you and your family if you just give him the opportunity to do so. And so in the passage that was read this, uh, today, Genesis chapter 3, we read about Adam and Eve and the serpent, the Satan, the enemy, who deceived them and uh, got them to do some things and they made some choices and did some things that created a problem for all of us. Their choices impacted us. So let me go through and talk about these five points. Let me give them to you real quick. Hit you real quick because I only got a few minutes to tell you what these five points are. Here's number one. In, in the first five verses of chapter three, they got, here's point one, they had ungodly outside influences. This, this family allowed voices outside of their family and outside of their savior and outside of the will of God to influence their choices. Look at verse, look at these first five verses, one through five. Now the serpent, verse one, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Look, stick a pen right there. Because outside voices begin to make you or try to get you to question and doubt the principles of God's word. And so uh, the devil said to her, did God really say, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here's the first challenge, the first problem. Eve had a conversation. Y'all, you get in trouble when you start having conversations with people you shouldn't be having conversations with. She took counsel outside 
of her husband. She took counsel outside of what God's instructions were. And you and I would be in danger. We would be in trouble. And anybody, in marriage or your children, if you start listening to people outside who don't represent your values, who don't represent what you have been taught. We live in a culture in a world today where everybody outside of your family matters, but nobody inside your family matters. Everything outside of the word of God matters, but not the word of God. You listen to everything else. And so you want to learn what will create um, a challenge and a problem. Start listening to people outside your family. You know, my children, I have six kids. Six children, they're all grown now. But, you know, they like to come and tell me what the family down the street did. And I said, maybe you need to move and live in with them. Because we, we're not, that's not how we're going to live. That's not our... That's, that's not, that doesn't represent our values. That doesn't represent what we believe, what the word of God has taught us. It doesn't believe. I don't believe it. I don't embrace it. And so uh, you, you all have to be careful with listening to outside voices. So, so Eve uh, listened to the outside voice. And in verse 6 it says this. Here's point 2. I got to hurry up. Point 2. They were disobedient to God's command. They, dis, they were disobedient to God's command. In verse 6 so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, stop, stick a pin right there. Notice that here she saw, in both cases, she saw that the tree was good and it was pleasant to the eyes. See, the devil's trouble is to put something in front of your eyes. And it, and it said it was a, a tree desirable to make one wise. So she took of its fruit and ate. So she disobeyed God. She dishonored God. The instructions from God. Uh, in verses 16 and 17, it says, look at verse 16 and 17, because here's the instructions. The Lord commanded them in chapter 2. Chapter 2, this is chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. It says, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So here's God's command, chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. But when we get to chapter 3, not long after the command of God was given, the devil comes and brings it into question. And she took of his fruit and ate. She ate it. She did what God said don't do. And she also gave to her husband with her. Him was standing right there with her. Him was standing right there, and he should have stopped her. He should have said, no, don't do it. God said, don't do it. He should have taught her. He should have challenged her. He was the leader. He should have challenged her. God gave him the command. God spoke to him, and he followed her in disobeying the commands of God. I wonder how many of you are listening to wrong voices and listening to the wrong people and disobeying the commands of God. When we disobey God, it creates problems, troubles, challenges, issues in life. And, and the family got this. This is the beginning of their problems. And guess what? It is also the beginning of our problems. It is the beginning of our challenges when, when, when we disobey God. Adam participated. He was right there with her. Standing there watching the conversation go on. There he was standing right there with her. And he participated with her. Here's the number three thing. I'm almost, I got to hurry up. I'm trying to tell y'all. Verse seven. 
It says, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Here's point three. Problem three is they attempted to cover it up. How many of y'all have tried to cover up your wrong? You're the only one? Just one person raised their hand. See, the other people here are lying. They're liars. I only got about 50 people in here, and, and you tell the truth. You try to cover up. You try to hide. They made coverings for themselves. Uh, but whatever kind of covering you try to make for yourself, it, it, it will not suffice and cover and hide God's eyes from whatever it is you've done. God sees you. They tried to cover up their sin with a few leaves. And we attempt to cover up our sin. And our cover up is ineffective. We cannot hide from God. Men will try to cover up their wrong. They will try to hide it. But guess what? We serve a God according to Proverbs 28. Let me tell you this real quick. Jot this verse down. I'm not going to call it up. But jot this down. Proverbs 28, 13. God says, if you cover your sin, you won't prosper. But if you confess and forsake them, God will have mercy. If you, if you try to cover them, God, you, won't, you will not move forward. You will not prosper. But if you confess and forsake, God will extend to you mercy. They try to cover it up and hide it. And we live in a culture that becomes, tries to think that they're smooth and cool to hide and cover up their wrong and their sin. But God sees us. But then here's number, here's number four. That's number three. Here's number four. Here's the problem number four right here. Uh, it says in verse 89, look at verse 89. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, let me, let me, let me tell you something. When God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wonders, do you know the answer? God, God said to them, uh, where are you? Because they were trying to hide. They were playing hide and seek games. That's what I call it. They were, they were trying to hide and seek. They were trying to cover up and then hide from the presence of God. Some of y'all need to know. You, you can't hide from God. When you, when, when you, can't, you, can't, you can't escape his eyes. You can't escape, escape his presence. They sought to hide from the Lord. You can't hide your actions. You can't hide your words. You can't hide your attitude. You can't hide your feelings from God. You can't, you can't hide your motives. God knows it all. And his question to them is, do you know where you are? Do you know that you're in a hide-and-seek posture? Do you know you're trying to escape the presence of God? You cannot escape the presence of God. You cannot hide from God. You, cannot, you can't cover up and you can't hide. Yeah, yeah. And yet that's what they tried to do. They tried to hide from God. And that's the question today. God knows the answer. And one of the biggest challenges to us today is God wants us to be successful by not hiding and not covering up what it is that God has called us uh, he sees us for, for him to see us. He sees us, he knows us, and he, it's important for us to recognize that he sees us and knows wherever we are and where we go. Then we go to number five. I'm almost finished here today. Verses 9 through 13. Let me read it to you. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you what it is so you can see it while we're looking. They played the blame game. Verses 9 through 13. They wanted to blame. Then the Lord God, verse 9, called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, 
And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the woman said, the woman, then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree. <laughs> and I ate. Uh, let's take it. Hold up. Hold up. He first of all tried to put it on the woman. The woman. She, she did it. She, she influenced me. Y'all do know women can influence men. He tried to put it on, on Eve. But God gave you the command, Adam. Brother. God gave you the responsibility to be the head of your household. Brother. God told you to pay the bills. God told you to lead the family. God told you to, to, to provide spiritual guidance. God holds you accountable. You can't put it off and say, I didn't do it because of this or because of that or because of her or because of him or because of this or that. No, no. He gave you the responsibility and you the assignment. He gave it to you to be the leader of the household. He said, the woman whom, and look here, look here. Then he tried to shift it and say, God, you to blame. The woman whom you gave. You know, that takes some nerve. To, that, that's, that, you know, sin really impacted this joker because he up here trying to blame God. He tried to put the blame and say, God, you are the cause. The woman whom you gave, she gave it to me and I ate. No, Adam. You're responsible for your own choices. We live in a culture where people try to blame everybody else for the choices they make. It's not your daddy's fault. It's not your mama's fault. It's not your boss's fault. It's not your brother or sister's fault. You made the choice. You choose. You must take accountability and be responsible for your own choices. You made, you made that choice. And so, so, so many people want to blame uh, others and put it on other people. It's tragic. It's, it's sad. It's painful that here this, this man tries to blame everybody else. I, I want to tell you today, stop trying to put it off on other people and take ownership for your own choices and decisions. Learn to stop blaming others and in spite of the choices you have made, Repent and make a different choice. Now, now let me close with this. Did y'all get those five points right there? Did y'all did y'all follow that? Let me let me rehearse them for you again. Number one, they made they they allowed themselves to have ungodly outside influences. They disobeyed God's command. God gave Adam the instructions. He passed it down to Eve. They both knew it. And. And, and, and all and then he attempted they attempted to cover it up and hide it and then they played that hide and seek game and ultimately unfortunately they played the blame game come on Karen you can't blame other people for choices you make Do y'all know who Karen is? <laughs> you can't blame everybody else, Karen.
You are responsible. But here's the great news I have for you. Let me close with this. That we serve a God, and I love the Lord for this, that even when you make mistakes, he has all, God has already made provisions for you to be forgiven. He has made a path for your sins to be washed away and for you to get properly covered and for you to have a relationship with him. You know, the, the scripture goes on and tells a story that God put them out of the garden and then put protections around certain places in the garden so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of eternal life. And so the scripture says, so they wouldn't per perpetuate themselves in a for forever status of sin. God says, I, gotta, I have a plan. I, what I love about God, he had a plan for our deliverance long before the planet was ever created. God had a plan for your, your healing, your breakthrough, your miracle, your salvation, your deliverance. He had a plan for you long before you, you even sinned, before the foundations of the world. He had already made a plan for Jesus to come and die on the cross so that you could be forgiven of your sins. That's great news. He knows you were going to fail. He knew you were going to lie. He knew you were going to do all the stuff you did. He knew you were going to get hooked on drugs. He knew you were going to walk down a wrong, unrighteous path. He knew you would make wrong choices. He knew you would be influenced by wrong people. But the great news is he made a plan for all of our sins to be washed, forgiven, and made. we could be made whole. He made a plan. And that's great news. He made a plan. His plan was for Jesus to come and die on the cross and take the punishment that you should have gotten. And that's exactly what he did. He went to the cross. He came down through 40 and two generations, was born of a virgin, and was wrapped in swaddling clothes, lived for 30 odd years, and went to a cross and was crucified and died. He died on the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. He died for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. He shed his blood so you could be forgiven and I could be forgiven. And it's great news. It doesn't matter what you've done, how recently you did it, who you did it with. It doesn't matter how lowly you have fallen. He made plans. And he carried it out. And Jesus is so powerful and so wonderful. And we celebrate and we love him because of what he did for us on the cross. He died. And I got great news for you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can be forgiven. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. No matter how dysfunctional your family may be, the Lord can bring healing to your family if you've given the opportunity to do so. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.